Hey everybody, welcome to the Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast. I'm John Burke, and with me from across the pond is Matt Hudson from whatiwatchtonight.co.uk. Matt, how's it going, sir? Love lives today, or something like oh. that. <laughs> I'm doing very well, my friend. It's, uh, I think we've said it before, the fall is here, the autumn's here. It's cold, it's chilly, it's dark in the UK. It's horror season. All I want to do is sit down with a hot drink and watch horror films preferably good ones though john but i'm doing well how are you i'm doing all right and it's been a really great month for cinema with horror movies we've had some incredible releases yeah really for it's it's been a crazy good horror year until the finale of halloween ends uh (laughs) this trilogy if you want to call it that uh which we're going to be talking about momentarily but before we do that we just like to you know catch up with how things have been um big political shifts happening in the uk uh, which is, you know, we don't usually talk politics, but it was, mm. a, uh, you guys have had one prime minister uh, resign and now a second prime minister has resigned. Um, it's kind of wild. I don't think that's, it really happened uh, oh, to my recollection, at least not in my lifetime that I can think of, to be fair, haven't always been aware of British politics, but it seems like politics in general just are everywhere now. It's it's embarrassing, John, is what it is. Again, we, we don't get too political. So if you're listening for the first time, don't worry. This isn't going to turn into Prime Minister's yeah, yeah. questions or anything. But it is crazy. And, and all these charlatans and idiots have got to do is say, OK, we admit we've lost control of everything. We have caused irre- ir- irreparable damage to people's lives, which they have. Let's call an election and let's give the let the people decide who they want. But no, they're going to try and get another one of their... Uh, cronies together and i saw a, a tweet online somebody said my son has lived through four chancellors three home secretaries two prime ministers and two monarchs he's four months old so that just goes to show the absolute chaos that's going on in in britain at the minute and it, it could be very easily solved but the the party who are currently holding office are the worst type of, type of people out there and they're not going to give up and do what's right for the country um so yeah it's, it's all it's all gone a bit uh pear-shaped upside down over here me and john and myself we were talking about it off air and then you know suddenly we got the news that our pm decided to jump ship 24 hours after saying i would never jump ship so um ah yeah it's just been it's been a bit like that but uh yeah so, so basically it's business as usual and you, thank god we do i know we say this all the time and we don't mean to sound contrived or cliche but thank god we have things like films where we can just think do you know what i want to block out the real world and just watch films or streaming series or whatever because sometimes the real world real world blows man maybe it's possible the the she's not jumping shit but she's gonna hide in a sewer for four years until she meets the next could be prime minister in which she will look him in the eye and he will have a flashback Jesus. of random things that have happened to them and suddenly will be a whole new person who's kind of cooler and yet scarier than they were before. But that would mean they'd have a plan for being in the sewer in the first place. Ah, fair point. Maybe, of course. Uh, (laughs) Because why would they hide for four years? Um, Exactly. Why why any of it? (laughs) That's maybe an oblique reference to Halloween Ends. Uh, I think it's time. We got to jump into this movie. Let's do it. Um, Halloween Ends, directed by David Gordon Green, written by four different people, Paul, Brad, Logan, Chris... Bernier, Bernier, uh, Danny McBride, David Gordon Green. Um, the cast, uh, it's there's more than this, but this is the core group. Jamie Lee Curtis is Laurie Strode, of course. Andy, oh, Matichak. Matichak. Matichak, that's what I said. As Allison, 
James Jude Courtney as Michael Myers slash The Shape, although I think there might be a second actor as well. There were some weird billings. I, I think it's quite Nick tell. Castle or whatever his name is, the original guy, I think, was playing him as well, I think. Yeah, I, that's what I, the vibe I got too. Uh, Will Patton, who I like so much, and he just takes some junk movies from time to time. Um, and then uh, Rowan Campbell as Corey Cunningham. Of course, we remember uh, Rowan Campbell was in Halloween 2018 and Halloween Kills. Oh, wait. Big part, yeah. He wasn't. Never mind. Uh, he was a new character. Film. Introduced here. Yes, uh, they did announce him on Fortnite. Um, so. <laughs> IMDb synopsis for this movie, the saga of Michael Myers and Laurie Strode comes to a spine-chilling climax in this final installment. I don't understand. They must have wrote that years ago. Yeah. um, 40% Rotten Tomatoes, 57% audience score from Rotten Tomatoes, 47 Metascore, 5, 5 IMDb user score. I don't know if that's still accurate. 2.3 on Letterboxd. Um, it is in theaters, but if you have Peacock streaming, uh, it's also available right now to watch or don't on Peacock. <laughs> um, here's the thing, folks. If you listen to our Halloween Kills, which I think was just a year ago, um, Matt and I, neither of us liked Halloween Kills. In fact, I think we were both kind of mad at Halloween Kills because I love John Carpenter's 1978 Halloween. It's a favorite film of mine from the genre. Very good. Um. Uh, it was a movie I liked before I would say I liked the genre of horror. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I liked the 2018 one. I saw so much potential for what they could do and the story that they were telling. And there were hints there of them not fully grasping it, but it seemed like they were going to try to like tackle the trauma that Lori was suffered and how she is kind of let this event that only happened one night that killed four young, innocent teenagers but nothing else has happened for 40 years based on that movie that we were going to focus in on that. Halloween kills did none of that. It it almost takes Lori completely out of the story in that one, but I was okay with that because Allison was introduced as a character in 2018. I liked Allison. I could see it, you know, okay, let's develop that. So of course that's what they do. It's not, we knew we had a third film coming as well. And we knew we were getting Halloween ends. This is supposed to be, quote-unquote, a trilogy. Technically, it's not a trilogy because there are four movies, but the mm-hmm. David Gordon Green, Danny McBride trilogy is Halloween 2018, Halloween Kills, Halloween Ends. This has got to be one of the most standalone set of trilogy movies ever because they all feel like they are not c- communicating with each other. It feels like three very you know, loosely connected movies, but as far as story and continuity, none of it matters. And the proof of that is in this film when the movie opens with a brand new character who we've not seen at all named Corey. It is a powerfully opening scene though. I think the, mm-hmm. the shock of that scene was, I, I like was stunned in the theater. I was like, very oh my good God. Scene. I, don't, I, I think that's what they got right. Or well, I'm wrong. Yes. So they set the tone because it's, it felt like 2018's Halloween again. And like you say, it was effective. It was powerful. Yeah. So we're meeting a new character. It's an odd choice for a third movie that you're trying to tie up all the loose ends to introduce a brand new loose end. Um, That at first, maybe you're like, oh, well, maybe it's just going to be a small side story. But no, the Corey story is the story in this movie, really. Um, There's he is kind of wedged into the other stories to make it makes sense but if this were just a movie about this guy i probably wouldn't have disliked it uh, because at least it would make sense in terms of the overall structure of this Mm -hmm. whole thing instead this doesn't feel like a conclusion of the series at all 
when we finally get to Lori, she is into this murder she wrote novel that she's doing where she's just finally writing like a, a memoir. It's voiceover a technique that they have not used in the Halloween franchise and one probably for good reason. Um, everything about this movie is ridiculous. Uh, Lori Strode constantly just jumps to conclusions based on zero evidence that she doesn't kills too. There's a point in kills where she says every time Michael kills, he ascends. It's like based on what, where did you get that information? Like what headlines and poster quotes? Yeah, it's yes. And it's, it's like 2018, even when like Michael Myers hasn't done anything at all for 40 years, he's just been in the the mental institution and a podcaster, a podcaster, sorry, everyone Mm -hmm. who does podcasts, including us, uh, brings the mask to him and apparently that's what makes him want to kill again which they don't really explore they don't get into the mask they never talk about how he got that mask it's never like they don't go into the rob's at least rob zombies two halloween movies he attempts to explain everything that's the detriment for most people of those movies is that he goes into too much of the lore and he over explains things which is a complaint about a lot of zombies films anyways is that he overdoes the exposition but they are his films though they're his he's not trying to do carpet he's doing his whether we like it or not they're his films and he has a perspective he has something to say that's what i thought 2018 was introducing it's clearly not it's like they had a bunch of ideas of like, wouldn't it be cool if Michael Myers killed somebody with a fluorescent light bulb, which apparently he didn't kill her by the way, which is a whole other stupid part of the movie. Yeah. But that's, it just seems like a series of ideas that they like loosely crammed together. And like, yeah, it's a trilogy. It's not, it's not a trilogy. None of this adds up to anything. It, it, the in, to make it even more irritating to me is they end kills abruptly, almost the same level of desolation for smog ending in the middle of a scene. And then this movie jumps four years ahead with no explanation why Michael Myers has waited for four years. There's no reason for him to have waited for four years, ever tried to be explained. He just hid for four. He wasn't in jail again for four years. He wasn't dead. Like what? what's like the fourth Jason movie where he dies and like the next movie he's like resurrected with like a lightning rod or some crap like that. Like, it's, it's one of them. At least they did something, right? It's stupid, but at least they tried to tell a story that would make sense why he was alive again. This movie's just like, nah, he just hidden. He just hid in the sewer. Is that okay? <laughs> yeah, that's fine. It's uh, gonna what? have to be. It's oh, so man. bad. I, I I can't even like. I wanted this trilogy to like make i wanted it to make michael myers ascend in the ranks of horror icons right Mm -hmm. that he would become this legendary monster which he he still is he's a cool design the first movie is so good these movies don't ruin that but it definitely damages the legacy because the the sequels were always kind of mocked and laughed at right like they get progressively worse h2o and all h2o is uh, h2o i'll I'll stand up for that because that is that that's still to me the best ending of the halloween franchise because it's so definitive and it works yeah but then you get like resurrection is is horrible yeah. and halloween six and you know even like paul rudd's or uh, halloween five they're just awful yeah but i as dumb as they are and i agree i enjoy them trying to expand the yes. story like i like that they are there's there's still what I would see is a a thread of a story, even if it's bad. There's some sense I don't see that here, and that's what irritates me the most. It's like, 
what are you even doing though like why why are the characters doing this why does she think he's ascending why does that happen when he looked him in the eye like what is that there's no evidence to it and even more it makes the ending of this movie all the more upsetting which i won't spoil here we will have a brief spoiler discussion as a bonus episode but i clearly i i loathe this movie i think i think my my dislike for it has only grown in the week since i've seen it um i again because i saw so much potential uh the reason for my ratings uh, on my like actual review i didn't give it the avoid like the plague because there are still some scenes that are pretty engaging and and like you're like man that would be cool in a better movie but the overall story and this as a conclusion to a quote-unquote trilogy is one of the most unsatisfying things I've ever experienced in terms of storytelling. And it that is what upsets me, and especially because I love Jamie Lee Curtis. And she clearly, I don't think any of the actors phoned this in. I think they all gave performances. And that makes me all the more upset is like, y'all, y'all think, do you think it's good? Because there's no way you can look at this and think this makes sense. Why your character thinks the things they do. It doesn't make any sense in any part of the four movies that exist. Cause there, the thing there are moments where it feels like they are acknowledging other stories, but they're not. We were told it's 78 and yep. in 2018 and these three, these two other movies. And yet like some of the supernatural stuff is like, are you referencing number five? Because you shouldn't be Just like look at the title cards. They are straight from Halloween three season of the witch. Yeah. Yes. Oh man. Anywho, I didn't like it, Matt. It sounds like you're on the same page, but Jesus. what are your thoughts? Yeah, this film was awful. And we said that before we really had the uh, knowledge that everybody else thought the same as well. So this certainly isn't a bandwagon review. This film is generally not very good at all. And uh, for for a lot of the reasons JB said, there's nothing you said I disagree with. But I was just wanted to throw out, I've heard a lot of people saying, oh, well, come on, you know, people, people have been wanting to see something new in the franchise for years. And now we get it and you don't like it. I, you know, I've said the same about other franchises. Doing something new is good. It's admirable. But you've got to execute. You've still got to give us a good film. You've still got to give us something that's cohesive, something that has a shred of intelligence to it, and something that feels... Well, this is a passion project, but it's got to feel more than that. And this doesn't. So yes, whilst I believe uh, David Gordon Green, and I do believe he should at least be applauded for thinking, yeah, I'm going to try something new with this franchise... However, maybe the, the 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 saga ending film is not the place to do that. Like you said, this story works excellent as like the next film. Make it make make it five years later. You know, actually, like in real world, five years later, make this film, but obviously take a few things out, and then you've got yourself a good film here. Actually, or maybe you've got some good ideas, but it's just executed so poorly. The the, the dialogue is bad. The acting is you know the acting is fine. You know, like I say people people go for it they really go all in and again to debunk the theory that oh you don't go to horror films for good acting and performances firstly i do and secondly these films take themselves so seriously that you have to hold them to that standard they want to be taken seriously because they take themselves seriously ergo i'm going to look at that and think this dialogue is horrific for what you're trying to be none of this works um positive the the prologue was very good i did like the prologue i thought the character of Corey was interesting i think the way they handled him was garbage um there were some good kills in the film you know when when we get them there are some in there which made me think oh man there's one in particular which did make give me a bit of a laugh we'll mention that on the 
on the spoiler episode, but there was a story beats and like characters who just change inexplicably from how we know them. And it's, <laughs> it's done in the name of pushing the story forward and it's, it's mind blowing. And yeah, the whole four years thing, there was no need for this to be set four years later. There was no need for this to be a trilogy, but I mean, the same could be said for, for Jaws, for Scream and all those. There's no, they don't make franchises out of a film like Halloween. You just don't, but they did. And here we are. Um, I, uh, the original idea for these films where it was going to set th- all three films took place on one night. That is extremely interesting to me that all three films take place over one night. So like you said, Laurie has spent 40 years tooling up for something which hasn't been any any danger of happening for 40 years based on one a few hours of an evening albeit very sad hours where her friends got killed that's not funny of course or that is tragic at all but had had this film taken place all three films taken place over one night it would make all of that feel so much stronger now where it where her 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 training and her preparation for one for one meeting happened on that one night i think that's rather than having her become gi joe in the first film second film she's just in hospital and in this film her character is you know she's baking pies and just getting on with it like you said there is no through line these films should have taken place on the same night so we basically have what the first film the first john carpenter film takes place on halloween in 78 the next three films take place yeah, three films, fine. On Halloween, 40 years later. You're not stretching it out because it gets a bit stupid when everything happens on the same damn night, years apart. Um, yeah, the and Michael Myers, David Gordon Green, Danny McBride, they do not understand the character of Michael Myers. Michael Myers in the first film was a man, a, a guy who who was cold, calculating, chilling, he wasn't a killing machine. He wasn't going around slicing and dicing everybody in sight. He saw the baby. He saw the girls earlier in the film because they shouted at him in his car, which sounds stupid. He could learn to drive. And he, <laughs> he, ta- he targeted them in that film. He's not this killing machine, which these three films have kind of tried to glorify and fantasize the idea of the villain. They've pushed a villain as the, as the key part of the film and horror films do that nightmare on elm street is, was pushing freddy from well from part two onwards really but here it just feels unearned because they don't know what to do with the character is he supernatural is he just a guy does he transcend well well how does he end up like he does i get that he's old i get that he's in his 60s or early 70s in this film but he's supernatural or he transcends or he's evil incarnate i don't think you know i don't think being 65 is gonna make him live in a Kate and in a sewer for 60 odd years for four years sorry like pennywise the clown but um yeah some of the the characters they introduce like the band kids not cool whatsoever no the the, one of the best parts for me though jb was um and this is going to sound really bad but it was the intro credits i've sat down i've got my popcorn i'm ready to go as we both said open-minded i want this film to succeed there's some i put in my review there's something about a new halloween film i don't know if it's nostalgia or what but there's always a, there's always excitement for a new Halloween film, yeah. even though all the other ones are generally not very good. Um, so I really wanted to like it. And then, you know, the pumpkins come up and you've got the cool scene where the pumpkins are kind of uh, are morphing out of one another. 
and you've got that score, man. When that score comes, my my feet are tapping like den 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 den. den yeah. My feet are tapping. I'm thinking, here we go. This is where the fun begins. Then we get the prologue, and I'm thinking, hold on, where's this come from? This 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 could be quite good. And then it genuinely does go downhill so fast. Silly decisions. Uh, there's no there's no logic to this. The engine the ending is again we don't know spoilers, but. I was watching it giggling because it is just so over the top and so backslappingly sanctimonious. I just couldn't deal with it. All of those will be on the spoiler review though. So do check, do check that out because we'll be able to go further into that. Well, my final point though, John, I was terrified during this film. I'm going to tell you right now, I was terrified. Not because of the film, because there's no tension, there's no atmosphere and it's not scary. I was terrified when Laurie Strode is writing her memoirs and she's doing the Hallmark style narration. I was terrified that at the end of the film, it was going to say the end and all of it was in her head. It was a story. I was, they got to a point partway through. I thought, Oh dear God, is it going to be like a Dallas type thing where none of this happened whatsoever? You know, (laughs) spoiler, that isn't what happened. So, you know, that's fine. But I was really worried at one point that that was going to happen, JB. But yeah, no, I, I, I wanted to like this film. Uh, a few, a few kind of kills or sequences aside, there was nothing for me to recommend. John, I prefer Halloween kills to this. I would never have said that a year ago. Yeah. I, I don't know for sure. Cause I think, I do feel like there's more happening in kills that at least like story-wise makes a lot of sense. Lori doesn't make any sense in kills either. Like the stuff she says in that movie, I'm just like, what, what are you crap. talking about? But, Which would you put on now? If you had the choice then, would you put kills or ends on now? I think kills. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I really like the prologue of ends and yeah. uh, there's again, like two or three sequences that I think were really well done. Yeah. Um, but overall, yeah, no, uh, 2018 looks like yeah. a masterpiece now. <laughs> I do, I do, yes, it it does, and it even 2018, if it stayed, if we started again, like if we just ended 2018 how it ended, and then we wrote the next two movies, I feel like we could make something from it because I think they set themselves up really, really well, and yeah. then they just dropped the ball or like they didn't care. I, it it does feel more like a cash grab than I would have ever anticipated. Um, no, it you know, you're feel right. Like they had something they wanted to say. No, you're right. In 2018, I thought that was I, – I scored that quite highly. And yeah, yeah it, it, is it reminiscent of Carpenter's film? Uh, yes, it is. It, it, it's very simplistic, but it gets the basics right of a Halloween film. And these reboot, Lego sequels, whatever, they're always going to do that. They're always, they've always – the same as The Force Awakens and that. You've got to ground it in the world again before you can blast off. And, you know, fair fair dues to the guys, Gordon Green and Danny McBradley – they obviously believed in their idea for me, for you, by the sounds of it. And a lot of people, it didn't work. You know, it's not like last week I was saying how excited I was for the exorcist reboot, re, re, recall next year. Uh, I'm slightly more concerned now having seen this film, but um, yeah, I, I think that had they kept it on one night for me, the idea of three films in one night might sound absurd, but I think it would have been a lot more interesting and narratively. I think it would have been a lot tighter and more cohesive. That's just me. Yeah. Well, that's our review of Halloween Ends and probably the last time we're going to talk about a Halloween movie on this podcast. Um, For a few years before they release it. Yeah, unless there's a headline soon. Uh, but with that in mind, let's move on to um, – well, sorry. We, neither of us liked it. We don't recommend that you watch it if you haven't seen it already. If you want the spoilers, come back on our bonus episode. But in the meantime, let's move on to Chuffed Headlines. These are movie or pop culture news that caught our attention since the last time we recorded. Matt, what is your headline? I actually have seen this headline, and I like it. So what is it? 
I also saw this and I also like it, John. The headline, new Silent Hill movie confirmed by the game developer video. Uh, a video was released by the game developer. I think that headline could have been written better. But the strap line says Konami confirms a new Silent Hill movie officially titled Return to Silent Hill <laughs> is in development from the original director, Christoph Gantz. He directed the 2006 Silent Hill film, which I've always attested to uh, when I've spoken about it, that I quite enjoy that film. It's not a perfect film, but I think it's as faithful as you could have been to the game franchise, as well as trying to please the studio who wanted to deliver a film that everybody could watch, i.e. let's stick Pyramid Head in when it goes against the ethos of the game itself. But uh, I liked that film. I think it's pretty good, and it's got some horrifying moments in it. So we're going to get a, a new Silent Hill film, a sequel, a follow-up. I don't know how how loosely, how based it's going to be on the film, but I know... According to this six-minute video, along with Christoph Gans and Victor Hadida, the producer, it is based on Silent Hill 2, which a lot of people say is the best of the franchises. Uh, and hearing Christoph Gans saying, you know, the first terror we have to confront is the one within us, which is exactly what the character in Silent Hill 2 is fighting against. A lot of the, all of the baddies he sees, all of the Nazis and the monsters are visual interpretations of the depression and the anguish he is feeling so when you've got like the bubble heads the nurses in their um in their sexy get-ups that's his that is him you know visualizing that they are kind of attacking his psyche because it's like a vision of his fantasy and that which is what made no sense for for them to be in the other films but they were this guy this uh film is going to be it looks like it's going to dive much more into the feel and the tone of the game than even the first one did. Uh, there is a six minute video, like I say, with Christoph Gans and Victor Hedida, where they have storyboards, official storyboards for the film on there as well. This is actually happening. It's not something which is, uh, yeah, a potentially happening or in, in early production. It is happening. I don't know when it's coming out, but I'm so very excited to, watch this film and pretend that Silent Hill revelation never happened because that film is one of the worst films I've ever seen. Halloween ends is, you know, a masterpiece compared to Silent Hill revelations. Um, yeah, I'm very much looking forward to this, uh, to this. I really, I do enjoy the world of Silent Hill. I enjoy that, um, the vibe, the tone and the ideas that in, infest and inhabit that world so i'm excited for return to silent hill to come out jb you said yourself you're uh, you like the headline uh what about yeah. the news then my friend so i i um have played a few of the games uh big fan i've also the ones that i haven't played i have um i've watched someone else play through kind of thing mm -hmm. and uh i've enjoyed those um i i love the atmosphere I, in fact one of my I thought it was one of the scariest game franchises I ever played back in the day, like Silent Hill one or two. Um, I have not seen it since it came out, but I did not hate Silent Hill revelations at the time. Um, oh, so man. I, I don't know if it's just because I liked the game so much that I was just content to have like pyramid <laughs> head again. Um, I, I do like the first movie too. Yeah. Um, like the first one. I, I forgot Carrie Ann Moss was in it. Um, in Revelations, uh, Jesus, I think she Harrington's in that junk. Oh, he, he his accent in that film. This is just I can't remember. If it's just before Game of Thrones or just after season one. I think it's out. before, just or before, a, maybe the Jesus. same time even. But 
It's not um, good. The first film is a, a pretty solid horror film from what I remember, though, like uh, Silent Hill, like the first one, just the 2006. Um, at least I remember also thinking there was some cool stuff in it. Again, maybe it's just I like Pyramid Head and I like the atmosphere and it's just like I had enough love of the game that I was content with it. I haven't watched either in some time, but um, it's it's definitely a franchise like Resident Evil that has a lot of potential to be a good movie that mm-hmm. they keep making bad versions of. You know, like we've seen recent Resident Evil, both the movie and then I I have not watched the Netflix series, but I heard it was bad and they already canceled any other season. So um, they just can't get these things right for some reason. And uh, Silent Hill, I, I honestly think the games, the story in the games lend themselves to a movie like where you don't have to do a lot of changing to make it work. Like I think Resident Evil is is a story where like it's built for the gaming part of it. But I think a lot of the Silent Hill stuff, if you pull out the gaming parts and just focus on the story, you've got a movie. Like, it's there. Like, the horror story's there. Yeah, and, like, yes, there's gaming things, but most of those gaming things you could just cut out and, like, you would still have a solid story. So, I don't know. Um, I am excited for a new game. Uh, I think Black Rain was the last one. Something Rain. There was something Silent Hill Rain or Heavy Mm -hmm. Rain or some crap like that was, like, the last one. I liked that one a lot. Um... I, I, the room, uh, Silent Hill room. Oh, uh, it's not Tommy Wiseau. Although that would be hilarious if someone wants to make a crossover <laughs> game. Um, but that I'm one sure was would. such a cool game, dude. I don't know if you ever played it, but like mm. it, it, it really breaks the, the norm for Silent Hill. Like your character is locked in. He's like on quarantine essentially in, in his apartment. Um, and he wakes up and he doesn't know why. And you slowly start to like, things start going weird. And at some point you're able to like, there's like a hole, in your wall and when you crawl through you are in silent hill suddenly like you don't know how you got there and then it, it's this real crazy mystery it's so good um I, they really need to make that an hd one i'm glad they're doing silent hill 2 again um but man there, there's some really cool silent hill stuff and uh i'm hopeful i'm hopeful uh that they don't do it bad but i'm excited to see it um my whole friend group was that was a game that was really important to us growing up so like we're all kind of hyped about the possibilities but also apprehensive that they'll do something wrong uh yeah there's always that fear with any video game remake or anticipated story or something like silent hill 2 which is fabulously written like so it's written it's a film in in yeah. a game format and a lot of people kind of crap on the idea that f- games can be can be written well like films and stories and you know silent hill 2 absolutely goes against that so it's fantastic very much looking forward to it but also there is that potential to be disappointed so uh silent the return to silent hill is my headline what have you gone for this week jb the greatest christmas movie of all time is coming back to hbo max die hard um so that some people would say that i would i wouldn't <laughs> put it as the greatest there is one movie here in the states and i don't know if this happens in any other country but on christmas eve at eight o'clock for the last, I would say, 30 years, TNT or TBS or both start showing, uh, oh boy, a Christmas story, right? Yep. And it's on for 24 hours. It starts at 8 o'clock on Christmas Eve and it goes until 8 o'clock on Christmas night. And for the most part, that does not leave my TV. Now, that has changed slightly over the last couple of years because I don't have cable anymore. But I still watch it every Christmas Eve at least once. Um, it's one of my favorite films. Uh, growing up, I didn't realize it was a movie from the 80s because it's set in the 50s. So I always just thought it was like this old movie that my aunt showed me. And then it wasn't until I got into being a film nerd that I found out, oh, wait, this is like, this was made while I was alive. I just didn't know about it. Um, but I've probably seen this movie more than any other movie 
period. Yeah. Uh, even though my favorite movie is it's a, is it's a wonderful life, which is a Christmas film. Um, it's only become my favorite movie over the last few years. I saw it when I was a kid. I didn't watch it for a long time. I decided to rewatch it a few years ago and was like, Oh my God, I love this movie. And it's only become more and more of a favorite as Jimmy Stewart's become a favorite actor. Uh, I, li- I like, uh, Frank Capra's movies a lot. Yeah. But this film I've seen so, so, so many times, but here's the catch, man. I don't know if you looked at the article or not. They're not talking about a Christmas story coming back to hbo max they're talking about a brand new movie called a christmas story christmas okay it's a brand new movie with the original actor who played ralphie now as an adult he's been in a few other christmas movies he's uh worked i think he's a producer he's worked with um john favreau on uh for christmas peter Um, biddingsley he is coming back as ralphie as an adult uh so this is like (laughs) A sequel like i don't know if it's going to be set in the 80s because now you gotta assume he's like in his 40s or 50s i don't know what the story is but we're getting a brand new movie there's a teaser trailer you see his eyes um and they have not been shot out by a bb gun so that's good to know um (laughs) and uh there's a teaser trailer so i'm i didn't know this was happening the movie's coming in november i believe um i'm trying to find the date it doesn't show the date i think the teaser might actually show the date um at the end of it but yeah i uh i caught the teaser I was super excited because, again, I love the original. And granted, we actually have had a sequel already. Um, it's A Christmas Story 2. Uh, it's completely different actors in that one. And uh, the guy who plays Marv in Home Alone is uh, the dad, oh, which is Marv. not the right casting at all and for the dad. Um, yes. Um, and then it's like it's only like a year or two later. It's not. It's not like this is like a huge jump it's like a couple of christmases later they have a christmas story too it's not good i've tried to sit through it i couldn't i don't think i even watched all the whole the whole way through but i am excited for this so matt i ask you two questions one what's your relationship with a christmas story and then two are you interested in the sequel uh to answer question one uh, a christmas story is a film i very much enjoy it doesn't get um over, overly played over here in in the uk but it does it does feature on the christmas rotation so that is good on the uh on sky or one whatever but it is a film which i i will watch if it's on and i enjoy it and to hear that they're going to do a a sequel to it and they're keeping well they're keeping as many actors as they can certainly ralphie's coming back um you know hbo excuse me hbo and hbo max haven't really done me too but too wrong so far i have more uh, the Warner Brothers part scares me, but HBO Max, that doesn't. No, I think it's good news, my friend. It's coming out November the 17th, apparently, according to Google. Though, um, ah. if you live in um, Hungary or Bulgaria, you get it in late. You get it in. Oh, no, that's a lie. It's come. I thought it was coming out next year. So that would have been a bit pointless. But uh, it was filmed in Hungary and Bulgaria. But yeah, 17th of November, this is dropping. Dude, I love Christmas. I love Christmas films. Uh, again, as long as they're half decent, A Christmas Story is a very fun film, uh, a very good film. And if it's another film to add to my Christmas rotation, I have a few films I like to watch over Christmas. And I, f- I, f- I find that Christmas songs, like traditional Christmas songs, you know, the pop songs, they don't really seem to get as many anymore. So let's not let the Christmas films die out as well, like the songs seem to have done. Let's keep them going. We had the one with Kurt Russell um, a couple of years ago. Yes. That was a fun new addition. Hopefully, A Christmas Story Christmas can be um another edition every year to go alongside something like a christmas story and gremlins as well but no i i I enjoy the first film and seeing this my friend it it warms the old heart because 
Man, it's Christmas, isn't it? It's Christmas nostalgia. It's that Christmassy feeling. It's good vibes. Yeah, I think even even if the film's not very good, it's gonna it's gonna be a winner some way or another because it's a Christmas movie, man. Exactly. I'm hopeful. I can't wait to watch it. I know my wife will be super excited to watch it with me because she loves Christmas movies. Um, so yeah, that's our headlines. Let's move on to media consumption. These are movie, TV, video games, music podcasts that we've been uh, watching or listening to to pass the time since our last recording. Matt, it looks like for a change, you've got quite a bit. What have you been consuming? I know. Yes. And that's no jest. Sometimes I have a week where there's a load and then there's a few where it's not as much, but, um, in terms of podcasts, I've listened to the Nightmare on Film Street episode where they covered Halloween ends, and that was interesting to get their point of view on it from you know people who have one of the premier horror podcasts out there. They, they recorded it on the way back from the drive-in. It's what they call it, the actor drive-in show. So they listened to yep. it, sorry, watched it, drive home, and then talk about it straight away. Um, so for those who want to go and listen do so i won't say what the thought about it though and i also listened to the horror show and their thoughts on halloween ends i mentioned it to john i listened to them absolutely just murder halloween kills the other week and uh most of the points were very true as well so i thought i'm going to listen to the halloween episode halloween ends and yep it was very similar did not like that film one bit uh so um it seems that even those who are in the genre ensconced in it aren't big fans of Halloween ends, but um, so this week in terms of films, uh, I've watched the greatest film of all time, The Exorcist. I was speaking oh. about that. We've been speaking about that for a retrospective coming up on Halloween. Uh, no introduction needed, no arguments needed, and no comeback. It's the greatest film ever made. Um, I've also watched VHS ninety nine. I love an anthology film, uh, especially a horror one. This is the new one on Shudder. You know, they they sent me this. Watch uh, it tomorrow. You, you said JB's going to be checking out. They sent me the link a couple of weeks ago. I forgot about it. I then got very excited when I remembered I had it. So I came home from work. Lights down. Let's watch some VHS 99. And it's okay. It's pretty good. It's it's not bad. It's Most anthologies, most suffer from having a couple of great stories and a couple that aren't as as solid. And 99, for me, kind of fits that bill. I always like these films because... Th- VHS, I call VHS and all the other ones. I can't remember what they're called now. I'm desperately trying to think what they were called. Uh, they're, they're, there's something about them. There's something a, a, new, a modern anthology that even the best, even the worst parts of them are still pretty good. I don't think there's really been a awful VHS movie as a whole. Ninety nine isn't bad. It's not bad. I've got high hopes for the next one though, which I know they've. Uh, I think it's going to be a never ending series. But yeah, VHS ninety nine. Check it out. Well worth the watch. It's coming out on Shudder now. I think it might already be out um jeepers creepers reborn john talking about films that make halloween ends look like oscar bait oh man jeepers creepers reborn is the second worst film i've seen this year only behind dash cam which was so deplorable and such a horrible awful film otherwise jeepers creepers reborn would be far by far and away the worst film i've seen in years this decade or the and the last one it's horrific they've they, they've kind of they've tried to reboot the franchise to try and get it away from the uh, original because, of course, the director is an awful person uh, and a convicted sex offender and pedophile. Awful, disgusting person. Let's let's get get him out of the picture. So they've given us Jeepers Creepers Reborn. Uh, I thought it started off fairly decently. Um, and then it just descended into absolute crap. Yeah, generally, it's the worst looking film I've seen. It, it, 
it's they've yeah. green screened almost all of it. So even when they're just walking through a field, it's not real, and you can tell it's not real. And and the first time I saw it, I remember thinking, that was the first instance I saw, I thought, is that a real background? Because it looks very polished. It looks like the volume, but worse. And so much of this film is fake. It's it's, it's ridiculous. They're walking out of a house at one point, and the the, the field in front of them is not real. So it, it's it's a film which is horrendously acted. It's not scary. They, the creeper is an absolute idiot in this film. He, they bring him in so early. They show him off immediately. I get that we've already already seen the bad guy, but you know, kind of hold him back a little bit. Uh, the ending's bad. All of it's bad. Jeepers Creepers Reborn, just just terrible, abysmal film. Halloween Ends is Oscar bait in comparison. Um, uh, the last film I watched that I think I uh, remember watching. I don't think there's anything else. But the last one I know I watched was Bros. The uh, uh, the rom com from Billy Eichner that I know you were a big fan of when you saw it, and yeah. it was kind of marketed as the first gay rom com, uh, certainly the first mainstream one. And I thought it was pretty good, uh, John. Um, I I wasn't as sold on it as you were. I don't think I had issues with it mainly because I think a lot of it kind of lived and died by how much I think you said it, how much you can buy into the lead himself and his kind of style. And I found myself bumping against him somewhat during it because I don't think he's the most likable lead. And I did find the film, some of the dialogue in the film didn't feel like dialogue that people would say. It felt more like, it did feel like they, the director had something to say about a very important subject, but didn't quite know how to put it across. So, you know, there was kind of, they were talking about, there was lots of historical references in there. And a lot of it felt like a rallying cry when it didn't need to, I don't think. I think the film was strong enough as a concept and the, and the performances were good that you did, it didn't need to be so, as so much as a kind of lesson as let's just enjoy the film and let's just like, sadly celebrate the fact that we now have a mainstream gay rom-com when, you know, why haven't we had them for years before in terms of mainstream? And we've had, uh, we've had LGBTQ rom-coms before, but never kind of, with as much um, pomp and ceremony as this one. And I think, I don't think it's the best one out of the lot either, but I thought it was pretty good. I had to, I've got some laughs during it though, John, for a rom-com. I found the romance in it. Hey, look, it's the same as most same. Every genre has their conventions. Rom-coms are no different. The romance central romance in it. You can see it coming from a mile off, but it was done well. I, I, I thought the mm-hmm. performance was very good and I bought that and I liked it. And the comedy was hit and miss, but I liked it more than not. There were a few moments where I had a good old good old laugh out loud chuckle in it. So I would recommend Bros. I thought it was a very decent um, rom-com to come out of this year. And the last thing I watched was Andor, episode seven on Disney+. Plus. Uh, episode six was a blockbuster episode. I called it the best Star Wars TV there's been. A few other people said similar, which is encouraging. Uh, and then episode seven came along, which was a, which has been called a standalone by Tony Gilroy, the showrunner. He said, this is a standalone. And then the next three episodes will constitute the next arc. And then the final two will be, you know, the season finale, uh, duo. And I really thought episode seven was superb. Again, it doesn't, it feel, it just feels like prestige TV, JB. There, there are, there are more Star Wars isms in this one. You get to see, mm. you know, you get to see more Star Wars stuff. You get to see Stormtroopers. You get to see other things like that. But they don't, Gilroy's less concerned about that. It's more just about 
these characters and what they're dealing with and the political espionage side of it. And it genuinely is. I, it, it is a espionage thriller. You know, there's it, 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 even without the Star Wars bells and whistles, which this episode, which this series does not have, it just feels like a political espionage thriller. It's people trying to rise up, oppress people rising up against a dictatorship. And it's done so well. I'm so impressed that the franchise that I hold dear can deliver something like this, which is so radically different from anything they've really done. You know, Rogue One aside, that this even makes that look standard. But they could, but it, but they can make it so so well made. Like I say, so like prestige telly, it's it's up there. It's it's punching with uh, Rings of Power and stuff like that for me in terms of it's better than Rings of Power for me in terms of overall consistency. I'll say that now, and I like Rings of Power. Haven't seen House of the Dragon yet. I've heard that's very good though. But yeah, Andor is. I always I was always banging the drum for it. I knew it would be good because I love Rogue One. And I love the idea of espionage spy thrillers in Star Wars. I was a bit worried that they were just going to pay lip service to that subgenre. I can confirm they absolutely are not paying lip service. Uh, so that's what I've been checking out, JB. A mixed bag. Obviously, once you've seen the greatest film of all time this week, The Exorcist, everything's going to be a bit rubbish in comparison. But uh, pretty most, almost everything was a palate cleanser to Halloween ends, apart from Cheaper's Creepers Reborn, which was awful. But what about you, JB? It's Horror Month. What have you been checking out? Well, first, uh, Blank Check Podcast, they're continuing the Kubrick uh, film, so A Clockwork Orange was that episode, um, because their upcoming episode is going to be Barry Lyndon, which was the last Stanley Kubrick film that I had not seen. I had to finally watch Barry Lyndon. And Matt, I got to tell you. Go on. I was afraid before I watched it that it would be the type of movie that would bore me, Mm -hmm. because it's a period piece. It's three hours long. And I was 100% correct. It was a type of movie that bores me. <laughs> and I watch it and I acknowledge it's gorgeous. I understand the production is, is impressive. Uh, I don't necessarily think the performances are good or bad, except it does star the actor who plays Barry Lyndon as the dude from, um, um, oh my God, Love Story. Remember we watched Love Story for oh, uh, gosh, movie yeah. astrology? He's not a good actor, dude. Sorry. Oh, he's, he's supposed to be an Irish guy. Totally has an American accent, like the whole movie almost. And I'm like, fine. Again, it's not like he's, but other actors don't. Like there are other actors who have accents. I don't know if they're actually from those places that they have the accents for or not. But like, he's like a sore thumb to me. And I'm like, I also, I just see the guy from that movie. Um, I don't know. I'm Ooh. I'm excited to hear the episode. I'm glad I checked that off my list, but yeah, it's definitely not a, a Kubrick I'm coming back to. You're a completionist, um, though. Is Ryan O'Neill was the guy's right. name. Yeah, I want to see. I'm glad. Like, it's not to say there's nothing good in it, of course. And, and I don't have anything uh, to say that it was like, oh, this was bad or this was bad. It just was like, I this is not things that I care about. Like, none of what's happening is something that appeals to me. It, it's there's like you know the lordship and becoming a noble and how like you know he had to serve in the military. I'm like, dude, I I don't care about any of this. Oh, this is some things just I, don't drive today. Yeah, and again, it's like I don't have like a real criticism about it as much as like, and I kind of knew it wouldn't work for me. That's why I'd put it off for so long. I was just like, no, <laughs> no, and I probably, I probably should have. There was a local theater had it a couple of years ago, I think. I should have seen it then because at least I would have been more inclined to like give it my attention. But I was definitely checking into everything else in my room. I'm like, oh look, there's a spot on the wall that looks exciting. <laughs> like it, um, so yeah, it, it was it was tough, but glad it's I, I'm done. I can walk away from it. Um, satisfied um but 
as you said, horror month. Uh, I am following the 31 days of horror from Nightmare on Film Street. So, um, for mostly ghostly, I watched Mama. Um, yep, I like uh, Mama. It's I it's think. cool. I didn't love it. Um, I think some of the design stuff is really cool. Um, goth Jessica Chastain threw me for a loop, though. Yeah. I was not expecting <laughs> that. Because uh, I don't think I've ever seen her play any type of character outside of, like, the homey mother type character. Like, mm-hmm. I guess Zero Dark Thirty, she's a little edgier, but she's still not, like, goth. She's just like, hey, what if I was angry? It's like, oh, okay. Um, and I've seen her do Peppermint, which was... No, wait, that's... Garner? Peppermint was that Garner? Was Jessica Garner, and I hate My it. bad. I find both of them to be kind of similar actresses, to be honest. And yes, they're both mm-hmm. named Jessica, but um, goth one threw me off. But not a bad movie, not a great movie. Um, some some stuff CG wise does not hold up. Uh, I caught Werewolf by Night just because um, I have heard yeah. good things. I'm a I big fan seen- of the Universal Monsters. Um, it's cool. It's not amazing. I, I people made me think it was going to be amazing. I'm like, no, it's good. It's good. It's very good. It's definitely a throwback. I I love those movies. Um, there's some really great performances in it. Some of the design doesn't look great, in my opinion. Um, I don't think the werewolf looks amazing, to right. be honest. Um, okay. But there is a cool Marvel character that shows up. Uh, that's not some one that like people are going to be clamoring for, but like I was familiar with, and I was like, okay, kind of like that. And then I, there's been a lot of stuff, but it was like a practical thing too, which makes it even cooler now that I know it was a practical thing. Um, but overall. Liked it, uh, liked it plenty. Definitely worth watching, especially it's only an hour, so uh, easy watch. Um, okay. So uh, for Italian horror, I watched Deep Red, um, the Giallo film, another uh, Dario Argento. Mm-hmm. I hope um, I am not uh, historically on record on podcasts discussing Suspiria. I am not a big fan of it. I might appreciate it more now because I have a better understanding of the Giallo genre than I did when I watched Suspiria. But Deep Red worked for me much more. I'm still thrown by choices of the genre. Like, the score in the movie throws me for a complete loop. Because it's like a jazz score. It's like, fuck. Jazz. And I'm just like, what is happening? Why do we have this, like, thumpy bass during this horror scene? I don't fully get it. Um, I do appreciate a lot more of the the practical effects and the set design and stuff than I did when I watched The Spiria. So I think there's stuff that I have developed in my film arsenal that i would enjoy it more i still think there's a lot of suspiria story that makes zero sense to me like things just happen um but i I do understand now that's part of the genre i am not versed in the genre at all Mm -hmm. i still think it's such a unique genre that i'm kind of more i think of it like a curio piece where i'm just like fascinated by it i don't necessarily like it but i'm just like it's so it's It's so jarring niche jar it's it's very odd i mean i don't I appreciate Giallo an awful lot, but that's not to say that I love all of the films. For, the, for that um, challenge, I went for Black Sunday, which I do think is a very good film. Um, yeah, there are some very good films in it, but they, it's, 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 as the aesthetic shines through more like Suspiria, the yeah. Argento, this is going to be sacrilege, but you know, very, very stylish, very colourful. I think Guadagnino's Suspiria is better. I actually prefer the remake of it. I thought I- the story made sense in the new re- the remake. I'm like, yes, I understand the logic of what's happening here, and these things add up to one another. Yeah. Um, I also didn't love that one, but I also liked it more than the Argento. But again, I know that's sacrilege to many horror fans. It is what it again, is, though. I agree with the, the, the visuals, but that wasn't enough to make me like that movie. Yeah, um, no, just no, like no. Barry Lyndon. It's gorgeous. I don't <laughs> care. Um, 
I, I call it practical magic for witchy women. Even yes. Loosely, I actually think it should be classified as horror because not that it's scary, but there's a lot of horror elements in the story of that movie. Like there's like people being resurrected from the dead and demon possession. Like that's horror, even though it's kind of guys as like this uh, girl power, um, yeah. girl empowerment movie. Uh, there's horror in it, so I I'm definitely counting it as my Pract- witchy women. My, um, my buddy Lily, she she pricked pricked picked practical magic she loves that film um as hers i went for the love witch but uh yeah i bought the love witch i haven't watched it yet but i did buy it and i'm gonna try to watch it uh at some point before the end very old yeah i've heard that but i was like yeah it was like four bucks i think on voodoo so i'm like yeah i'm gonna snag that one lead performance Um, is superb in that though i will say that but sorry my friend do carry on so in between my horror uh i i got to see um the new sam mendes film empire of light Mm -hmm. i'm under embargo but I was not really aware of this movie. So listeners, that's basically I'm saying, look up the trailer for Empire of Light, Olivia Coleman, um, Toby Jones, who I continually am more and more like just in awe of. He's such a talented actor. And I, I kind of only knew him as like the Marvel villain in Captain America. And like he shows up in other things as a villain a lot of times. Um, but I've recently seen uh, last year. I saw Barbarian Sound Studio, which is incredible. And he is so good in that. And he is um, in this movie. That's all I can say. But he's in this, and <laughs> I'm a, I'm generally a fan of his. So uh, another reason, and a couple a couple other people are in it. The trailer, uh, I can I think I can talk about the trailer without saying anything. I love yeah. the trailer for this movie. I've actually rewatched it. I didn't see the trailer until after I saw the movie. I've rewatched the trailer three times um, because of the voiceover in the trailer is one of my uh, favorite voiceovers from trailers ever. Um, check out the trailer for Empire of Light, and if you get a chance to see it. At the point, whenever you can see it, I will be able to talk about the film, and you can read my review at burkreviews.com. Um, now, there's two other days that have passed. I've actually already watched. Today's topic is Modern Vampire. I'll get to that one in a second. But uh, yesterday's topic was Classic Vampire. And I've never seen any of the Hammer films at all. Um, okay. I'm finding that, in general, I really like like 50s horror like, I think 50s horror is a lot of fun, and I don't know exactly what it is, but um, I watched House on Haunted Hill earlier this month. Mm-hmm. Love that movie. Um, I like a lot of other, like, I, it's something with the era, because they are not out of the production code yet, that they have to get a little more creative with some of the stuff that they do in a, American horror. And obviously, Hammer is British horror. I feel yes. like you guys had a little bit more uh, lax rules at the time, because, uh, like, there's a lot of, like, blood it's all mostly from like things that happen off camera though. So maybe that's how they do it. But I am, I'm a fan of the Bella Lugosi universal horrors, Dracula. I like that movie. I do not like Francis Ford Coppola's Bram Stoker's Dracula heavily because of Keanu Reeves. <laughs> Blue Inferno. But there's a lot of stuff in that movie. I think is just weird. It's very stylized. It, it Again, it's like that to me, it's style over substance. And it just yeah, didn't work for that. me. Like, I can it's see so, Take Keanu out, and I think the film is better because Gary Oldman's great in that film. Yeah, but he he's being the big over the top Gary Oldman that he <laughs> yes, can be, he and sometimes that doesn't work for me. Um, sometimes it does. Like I love him in Leon the Professional, even though it's terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that performance. Uh, not the movie; the movie's great, but I love that performance, even though it's like super big and over the top. Yeah. But the uh 1958 Dracula, and I think sometimes it's called like House of Dracula or something. Like there's different names depending on something um but it's the it's the first and the the basically it's the bram stoker's dracula story it's the same story essentially that nosferatu rips off illegally um 
and Christopher Lee is Dracula, and Peter Cushing is Van Helsing, which ended up being my favorite part of that movie. I love Peter Cushing so much in that movie. Yeah. Um, it, it hooked me. The story efficiency, because it's, it's under an hour and a half, and it tells the whole story of Dracula, like, that, that I think takes two hours for, for Coppola to do it, and I'm like, I get it. I understand what's going on. Let's keep going. Let's keep moving. Um, really, really well done. Uh, Christopher Lee is great in it. Um, it's cheesy at times, but it's like the fun cheesy, or you're like, yeah, no, this works. I don't care that it's silly or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, they did trim some things because I think he has three brides traditionally. And there's only one bride in this uh, of Dracula or whatever. Yep. They don't call her that, but it's very clear that's what they're going for. Um, I want to watch more of the Hammer films. Now, Matt, you being uh, from the UK, obviously, surprise for the listeners. Um, are you like a big fan of the Hammer films or have you like not dove into those? You know, I like the Hammer horror films. Um, a lot of there's so much, so many directors, certainly British directors who are in the genre take and took and take inspiration, continue to do so from the Hammer horror films because a lot of the reasons, like you said, they got away with a lot of stuff, but at the same time, it was done in such a clever way. And some of the greatest British actors of all time for me were in those films and it lent that air of prestige to them. And yeah, again, (laughs) there's so many Hammer horror films that, of course, by law of averages, not all of them are great, but I, I really appreciate Hammer horror and, how much has inspired generations of certainly British horror filmmakers and filmmakers in general since. So no, I'm a fan. Yeah. I want to check out more. I wish uh, the box sets that exist don't have like, there's not like a box set of all the Dracula ones. Like I wish they were done that way. So I could like, I want to start with Dracula. Then I'll go over to Frankenstein. They're just like a, a hodgepodge of movies. And I don't know if it's worth buying the box sets. So I've just been snagging some of the digital copies when I see them on sale. Mm-hmm. But um, it's, I, I do want to explore more of it. Um, and then lastly, uh, I caught on Netflix Day Shift. It's the new um, action horror vampire movie with Jamie Foxx. Yeah, uh, Dog. I saw this um, the other month. Yes. Okay, dude. I don't remember if we talked about it. I freaking loved this movie. I had a blast yes! watching Day yes! Shift. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's so in my wheelhouse of horror comedy. It's got Zombieland vibes. Uh, Jamie Foxx, I think, is this is one of the best performances I've seen him do recently. Like, I was recently. dying with some of his delivery, dude. Like, he has... There's a scene where a vampire throws him up the stairs, <laughs> and it cuts to him, like, at the top, and he just is, like, stunned. He's like, did you throw me up the stairs? The way he says it, it's such a... It's, an, it's just an obvious line, but his line delivery is so Literally. perfect. I died i was laughing so hard it's a um, stupid film but it's such a fun film hey look it, snoop dogg delivers one of the best lines in film history in this when he says again it's no at one point i think he says west side for life or something like that and yeah i was like come off it that no 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 you can't say that but he does and Dude, it works and it's great the soundtrack is killer like there's some old yes. school like 90s uh hip-hop from from la it's Man, and Dave Franco, who is the better Franco, I've argued that for years. I don't, I've never thought James Franco was very good. I've always liked Dave. I don't like, even in the, his bad movies, mm-hmm. I've enjoyed Dave Franco. Um, and I think he's great in this. He's super yep. fun. He's having a blast. The chemistry yeah. between him and, and Jamie Foxx is really strong. And then, action is good as well, isn't it? The action is really well say. done. Yeah. I don't think the action the action I think is a little too much in the third act. I think they, mm-hmm. they kind of fall into almost the Marvel trap where they went too big. Um not too too big, but like there's maybe too much going on for their budget where it's like, eh, some of it looks like a little wonky. There's like mm-hmm. a uh a, 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 I can't think of the Gatling gun that's like it looks a little bad. 
but at, like all the other action scenes, I think are really well choreographed. The opening um, one's great. The opening one, and there's one where they team up with this. I wish the brothers came back again because I love the brothers. Uh, they're like two brothers that I think yes. are supposed to be Russian. Like that whole <laughs> action scene is incredible. There is some awesome choreography. Like they're pulling all these unique weapons. Like that's the world building. It's 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 vampire John Wick. I mean, if we're being real. It's because they, they allude to this whole union, like there's vampire hunters yep. all over, and it's got the John Wick vibe, which we've seen knockoff after knockoff after knockoff of John Wick, right? Since the success of John Wick, mm-hmm. we have seen so many variations on that. I think this one's the most successful because they just start talking about the world they live in as though we know things. And even with the exposition dumps, they feel yeah. organic to the characters when they're doing it. Like, I understand why Dave Franco, who is this pencil pusher who's out in the field, is like nerding out about all the different types of vampires because that's what nerds do. We know way too much and we want to tell everybody all the things we know. That's what we do. I did say Hence the podcast. I did think, um, and I did mention it on the BAMP when I spoke about it that pretty much what you said that Dave Franco at times does, ex- does exist in the film to drop that exposition obviously yeah. about the different blah, blah, blah. But yeah, like you say, the film is so fun. And he's, and his character is a dork, you know, that he's one of us. Yep. That's just what we do. So, but no, I, I had a really good time with it. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not saying it's like a masterpiece, but it's, it's one of those movies too, that I think you could just have on in the background. Like if this were on like TBS or TNT or something, it would definitely be just like, yeah, leave it on, let it play. Yeah. I'm not, I don't do that a lot with streaming. Like I don't think to like rewatch stuff. I, I don't think to like, Oh, I'll go watch this again. But if it were like on an autoplay type situation where like, like shutter has the channels where they just have movies playing, yes. this is definitely one that I would easily throw on in the background. Cause you could zone out in parts and then you know when it's time to pay attention. Like whether it's a cool car chase or action, you know, vampire hunt scene, it's just cool. And Jamie Foxx's one liners in this are spot on. Like he's really at the top of his comedic game in this. I had a blast. I'm really glad I, ju- I decided to use that for my modern vampire because it's it's my type of vampire movie. I definitely prefer. I loved Blade back in the day. I don't. Blade feels like a '90s movie when you watch it now, but like back then, that was like a big time favorite. This is like updated Blade, like Blade for the the millennials, uh, yeah. and it, it, it works uh, really really well. As far as like the action, the vampire hunting setup, because that that's I think more compelling to me for a story is to follow the vampire hunter than to follow the vampire. Like I'm yeah. never really hooked into those. I'm much more intrigued by Van Helsing type characters. So um, that said, I did catch last week the She Hulk finale. Interested for your thoughts, John, on this one, dude. They, I think they crushed it, man. Like uh, as a fan of everything Marvel, basically. Um, I think the the show delivers on its original premise. It wants to stand alone and it makes fun of a lot of things that I can totally see why some people did not click well with because they might've felt like they were seen. Um, <laughs> and I liked a lot of that. Uh, I, I think it really ended strong. Um, I, it felt a little short at moments like where I'm like, Oh, it's, it's over. I feel like we need like another couple minutes, but um, overall I enjoyed the series. I thought it's a lot of fun. I'm, I'm all for Marvel doing something that's different because everything doesn't have to be for everybody. Like yes. you don't, if you don't like She-Hulk, you don't have to watch it because I don't feel like anything that happens in it is going to have consequences to the overall MCU in a way that you can't just like read about it real quick before you watch the movie. Like there's a, there's going to be a primer. I mean, when you're 20 something movies into something, there has to be a primer at this point. Cause there's no way you can rewatch. Oh, well the new movie's coming out. I'm going to go ahead and rewatch all 26 yeah, movies. No, yeah. Like re- realistically, you, you, unless it's the only thing you watch, if Marvel's the only thing you watch, sure. 
But if you're trying to continue to grow, um, I think this yeah. is one of those series. If it's not for you, fine. But it Just needs don't to go exist. online and cry about it. Yeah, I want more stuff like this to exist for all different types. I want people to get their Marvel, whatever their Marvel is. It should exist. Like Werewolves Lips Within is, an, or I'm sorry, Werewolf by Night, another prime example. It's not. I don't think it's for everybody, but fans of like Universal Horror, fans of like ex, you know. Uh, horror in general i think you're gonna vibe with that and you're gonna like oh cool i would love to see more of this side of marvel which we might get with blade if it happens it's, it it's happens, making John. me very apprehensive now but um i i'm i'm all for she hulk i'm glad they did it i hope they do a season two uh the the, the director seems to have a plan for it and yeah um, from what that's I've heard, that. they are going to be doing from what i've heard they are doing a season two of She-Hulk, and I think what Marvel does right just quickly is when something like One Division came out, or Loki, or even Falcon, there was there was a kind of unspoken, or if it was spoken, it wasn't kind of demanding. But you know, they'd say this, you know, this series really ties into this upcoming film. So if you want to get more out of it, check it out. Like Loki, how that ties into um, I think Spider-Man or whichever one it was. Uh, and obviously WandaVision ties so heavily into Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. But that there was that kind of expectation that you probably should watch this before you watch that film. But then there are other shows that have come out since which don't have that expectation. And, you know, they're, but for me, I find that they're communicating well with ones which they feel like you probably should watch and that you shouldn't. But no, I'm with you, Don, uh, especially with Marvel pumping out a lot, that not everything is going to be for everyone, and that's fine. But if you don't like it, just get on with it. Just move on. Who, you know, who, who cares? Go and watch the things mm-hmm. you do like uh, and let other people enjoy what they like. Exactly. Um, with that, uh, that's what we've been consuming. Before we sign off, we have to check in with each other. We have to make sure we're keeping our bloody awesome levels at optimum uh, forces so that we can continue to do this show week after week after week. And so, Matt, I need to know, what have you done to stay bloody awesome this week? Well, my friend, I, I did a, I did committed a mortal sin, and I spoke about Halloween Ends on another show before I came onto this one. But however, I know. I did Second mention, time you've done that. I know it is, but I did mention off-air to the guy who runs it, guy called richard i said um so my co-host on on my show the bamp is gonna kick my ass for this so i hope you appreciate my time here as if i'm a kind of big shot but uh no i i went on a show called the lamb cast lamb starts for uh, stands for the large association of movie blogs or large ass movie blogs lamb uh they do a fairly decent fairly big show called lamb cast where they get people who are signed up to this blog anyone can sign up as long as you've got a established website um and i went on every week to talk about smile and then uh they said do you want to come back on and talk about the halloween films all three of them and i thought yeah i'm going to enjoy halloween ends why not turns out i didn't enjoy halloween ends and neither did the four other people on the show either um it was kind of a retrospective look back at the gordon green trilogy and it was a, it was a lot of fun um, i don't often do other shows not for any kind of sense of entitlement or because I, you, I, you know, I like the shows I do. I like, the, you know, I love doing the BAMP. I do sessions and I, I like, they're, they're, that's my thing. So I don't often do other shows, but uh, when these guys called, I was like, yeah, sure. I'll come in, I'll come and do your show. Your film, your movie fans. Um, you, you've got a lot of John Burke about you in, in terms of your knowledge and that. So, you know, I'll, I'll hang, I'll, I'll hang with you for another show, but um, no, it's just fun to talk to uh, fans of film and, kind of the point of that is starting up 
what I watched tonight, similar to Burke Reviews, just opens the door without starting that. We would, I would never be doing this show. So it's quite nice to kind of every now and then do a one-off show that having a, a site or, or social media uh, presence, minimal one, means people can find you and say, hey, look, do you want to come and talk films? Sure, yeah. Um, but yeah, I did school them for, 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 get, for doing Halloween Ends before I could get this episode out. But to be fair... Oh no, not to be fair. This show comes out on the same day every every week. Ignore that. I was going to say the this, this, this show's moved back a day or two, but no recording has. But um, no, the yeah, good fun, uh, lots of fun. Uh, it was a nice way to spend an hour or so on a Sunday afternoon. So basically, just talking about film and just having fun with the opportunities that doing sh- uh, movie reviews or shows like this can help with. That's what I've been doing, John. What about you? Well, um, I have, as always. Uh, I, I love movies. I always do. Um, but this week I've been reminded of the power of cinema through a multiple uh, things. Um, some things that I've watched that I can't talk about. And then, um, <laughs> but my students and uh, like I have um, three different film based classes, film one, two, and then three, which film three is actually crossed with IB film as well. Mm-hmm. And um in uh, film two, we've been watching, uh, we've been studying noir, and so two weeks ago they watched Double Indemnity. Last week oh, we watched the yes. or, uh, original Nightmare Alley, um, which I found on Criterion last year and was like blown away by it, and then disappointed by Del Toro's because I loved the original so much. So I wanted to show them the original. They uh, most of them really liked that one as well. And then um, this week, uh, continuing with noir, I gave them a choice. So some watched Brick, the Ryan Johnson film. Ooh. Some watched uh, Memento, and uh, some watched Who Framed Roger Rabbit because not everybody's okay with rated R films in both Brick. Even I don't think Brick deserves to be rated R. The violence towards the Ooh. end is the only justification for yeah. R. There's almost no cursing. There's no nudity. There is violence. I, I will say that, and it is drug theme, but uh, like, there's not really like drug use in that way. The tone um, of the film just feels R-rated, though. If anyone has seen it, the, like, the so atmosphere, the whole genre feels R-rated. Yeah, right? noir as a genre. No, I agree. But, Good but, noir. Yeah, right. Um, because it's always de- dealing with very dark themes and a very fatalistic perspective. But, um, you know, whenever I show high school kids a black and white movie, there's always that fear that they're going to check out or whatever. And watching them embrace it. And then um, in IB film, we've been watching um, a lot of black and white stuff. We've watched uh, throughout the year this year, we've watched Italian neorealist stuff. We saw Bicycle Thieves. We watched um, um, uh, 400 Blows. We watched, uh, I'm trying to think of everything we watched. But this week, um, we're, two weeks ago, we watched uh, Cat People, the Val Luton film from the, the 30s. Yes. And then this week, we're watching The Birds. Um, we're, we made it through about an hour and 30 minutes and I, that room, the, I, some of these students I've had for four years in this class and the, the atmosphere and the vibe of the room, like they were just enraptured with the birds. Like they were loving, like they were having yeah. fun watching it. They were also afraid of it. They were like, Oh my God. Like they were so invested and uh, it was just such a cool thing to watch. And one of the students in that class has become a huge fan of black and white movies. So she was a little disappointed that Hitchcock's birds is not black and white mm-hmm. um, because she's like, at this point she, it's her aesthetic. Um, I didn't even show uh, cabinet of Dr. Caligari. I just showed a clip from it and she's watched it like three times since I introduced her to the film. That's um, so cool. And, and so seeing students who are in high school, who are, you know, of a modern era where TikTok and YouTube embracing this variety of films and, and 
wanting to explore. Um, the group that's uh, been studying noir, I'm challenging them to write their own noir in the kind of in the vein of Brick, where it's like high school based. I'm that's not true. allowing. I'm not allowing murder to be the uh, the crime, but there has to be some crime. And I want them to make it silly in a sense where like one of our school rules, they have to wear an ID badge all the time. So like one idea we threw out was like having like a counterfeiter who's making like fake IDs for the students, you know, so they could like be in a different grade level. And that's like the seedy underbelly that they fall into. And I'm asking a room full of, of high school students to write a screenplay that's at least two to three pages. And they were excited because they're so into the genre. And it's it's so fascinating to to watch movies inspire people in a variety of ways. Like not all of my students are going to want to be filmmakers, but just to get them excited and to be passionate about something, and um, that movies do that. It's it just reminds me of why I've spent so much of my time, especially in the last six to seven years. But really, when I look back at my life, movies have always had such a vital part of who I identify as that. Um, you know, some people might think, oh, you've wasted so much time because all you do is watch stuff. But when I see how it can spark interest or spark um, enthusiasm or spark mm -hmm. anything for a person that it can just make you want to be, I'm reminded of how important movies are. And that's why I'm so excited uh, for our review next month of The Fablemans. Um, oh, wait, mm -hmm. maybe we can't because I forget. For you, it's not until January. Uh, um, I think so, but there will be begging going on in the inbox. Yeah, I am. <laughs> I, I just know, one, I am a Spielberg fan. I know anyone who's listened to me talk about Spielberg knows how much I love Spielberg anyways. But uh, The Fablemans just looks like it is everything I think about cinema, like this, how, the power of it and the importance of it, the significance of it. And I know some people hate movies that are self-congratulating, self-congratulating about cinema. But for me, I, it's just, it's preaching to the choir. It is exactly how I feel. And so I always eat those movies up and then you make it a Spielberg film and it's somewhat autobiographical about his life. I how am, can we go wrong. I'm so hyped for Fableman's man. I can't, Dude, and of course the buzz man. out of Tiff was so high that I'm just like, yeah, this is going to be, probably my favorite movie of the year which if it if it can knock everything everywhere off that that would be insane but if it I, can do I, that, it's done a hell of a job jb no I, just to just on your point there my friend i when when you say you know people think oh what are you doing with your life watching films it's the whole point man it's the whole thing it's no different than spending your life painting or going to art galleries or following a band around or uh, reading or walking or, or or doing anything or putting showing attention to anything do you know what I mean it's it's if people find joy in what they want to and that's the beauty of it is that thankfully we find joy in the same things and then by doing that we found each other what one look what's look what we've look what we've been doing for years because of it um please do show, i don't know if you have or not but please do show your friends your your friends your uh students strangers on a train it's it's not a hot take to say that film was great but the film's one of the best films I've ever seen. It's black and white. It's incredible. I, I think they'll dig it. It's a recommendation from across the pond. There it is. Um, yeah, I I love it, and I can't wait uh, for more people to uh, the opportunity to get to talk about films. And um, I, I didn't mention the the films to be buried with uh, podcasts. I've listened to several episodes, yes. including Mark Commode's episode, who is a film critic that I was not super familiar with because. It, it, he's not on the American list. You usually get Ebert and then Malton and, you know, like those are who, the guys that I've really known. Um, obviously Mark Kermode does come up a lot. And now I'm like, I'm like, how did I not know more about him over, over this time? He's everywhere now that I'm aware of him. Mm -hmm. um, but I listened to his episode uh, 
and um he was talking about like his he his view of a film critic is to evangelize essentially he, i think i'm uh, using that word i don't think he used that word but to fight for those little movies that other people often don't know exist and that's one of the things i love most about being a film podcaster a film reviewer a film teacher is to yeah introduce someone to a movie that they've never heard of and for that movie to become their favorite is such a cool feeling because like i i've brought them so much joy you know yeah. that something they didn't know existed now is a thing that makes them happy or made them aware of something that they didn't know i i love being able to do that and um maybe i'm helping the filmmakers maybe i'm not maybe it's not enough like only 10 people or something know about it from me but i'm going to keep doing it because it's, it's one of the things i love letting people know that these things are out there is great so um and then again sometimes we want to be like hey don't watch halloween ends watch <laughs> yeah. these 10 other better movies that don't are out watch there these smaller films which are genuinely better films yes and that said who knows what we have in store for next week because we're going to be covering the new dwayne the rock johnson dcu film mm. black adam uh in theaters everywhere um, it's, it's a big deal. Our local theater has it in four different screens, which we haven't wow. done for a few months. It's been a while since the last time we had to do that. Um, there's literally 30 minute blocks of show times right now. Like it's 40, four o'clock, four 30, five o'clock, five 36, six 37, seven 30. I'm like, okay. And it's all night tonight. Like they usually for a Thursday night, there's two screens at most. There's like 10 showings today. The day that it <laughs> pre, this is a pre-screening essentially this. It's not officially out till tomorrow. Uh, when we're recording this, but we're going to be back next week to talk about black Adam. Of course, you're going to get a bonus episode of Halloween ends as short as we can make it because goodness, how much can we really say? <sighs> um, in the meantime, though, we'd love to hear your thoughts on any of the movies that we talk about, or maybe you can tell us about a movie that we've never seen that maybe we will love, uh, hit us up on social media. We're at, um, bloody awesome movie pod on Instagram. Matt, where are we on Twitter? We are at BAMP underscore podcast, B-A-M-P underscore podcast. And on Facebook, you can just search Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast if you want to still uh, stay in the metaverse. Individually, you can follow us. I'm at BurkeReviews.com and at BurkeReviews on all the social media platforms. Matt? What I watched tonight, .co.uk, and just search what I watched tonight across all the socials and letterbox too. And... If you like what we're doing here at the Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast, we ask that you take just a moment, give us that five-star rating on whatever podcast catcher you use to listen. It helps other people find us. And that's, you know, again, we want to spread the love of movies and every once in a while, the hatred of some films. Sorry, <laughs> Halloween ends. And not sorry, because you did it to yourself. Um, go back to that sewer. With that, we encourage you to keep watching movies. And stay bloody awesome. Blood, 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 bloody. Blood, 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 blood,